This is Radio Energy News. You are listening to EN4 News. I'm Niall Fancy. And I'm Jessica Mathieson. It's 3.15 and here are today's headlines. Nurses across the country prepare to strike for the first time. You know, we are working, we are on our knees, we are exhausted. We find out how the capital will adapt to the proposed congestion charge. It's a, it's a growing city and it's a congested city and so we really have to deal with that problem. Edinburgh gears up for Remembrance Day. Like many towns and cities up and down the country, Edinburgh will always um, hold its annual remembrance service. On... All this and more coming up on EN4 News. Good afternoon. For the first time in NHS history, nurses have voted to go on strike over pay. The strikes, which are expected to begin by the end of the year, will affect over half of Scottish hospitals. Our reporter Sophie Smith has the full story. Clapping for the NHS has proven to not be enough as nurses nationwide have voted to strike this winter. The Royal College of Nursing, which has been resistant to strike action, has balloted to strike over pay disputes. The Scottish Health Secretary, Hamza Youssef, stated that the strikes will be catastrophic for the NHS. I spoke to one nurse about the pressures that the nursing staff have felt at the moment. Nurses currently feel absolutely exhausted, demoralised, concerned for the future. Um, again, as somebody that has been in the profession for a lot of years, I see, you know, new members of staff join and, and quite literally they're there for a couple of months and then they leave. And because the pressures are so extreme, if you look at our salary, if you look at the salary of a newly qualified staff nurse and compare it to other graduate professions, it is nowhere near as close. So it's time that the government recognise the worth of their nurses um, because we do a really, really valuable job. But what about the patients? I spoke to one woman whose surgery has been delayed about how she feels about the strike. I'm 100% behind the strike. I know what it's going to be cause me maybe some issues, but I think that the way that the NH staff are treated is absolutely appalling. I think that they deserve a lot better. They deserve much better conditions. And I really think that the government and the Scottish government should be doing an awful lot more. However, some are not as hopeful that industrial action will achieve meaningful change. When they do any much good striking, well, when we done it with a Craig, we never never gained anything. We were out for about, what, three months and never gained a, a thing. But the men at the top of the tree did. This strike will see 23 Scottish hospitals going on strike, including the Edinburgh Royal Infirmary. However, on strike days, minimal staffing levels will be required due to hospitals' life-saving models, and nurses who do not wish to strike will not be forced to. And this just breaking now, the Scottish Teachers' Union, the EIS, has voted overwhelmingly to take strike action as well. With talks underway to improve congested traffic in Edinburgh, drivers may be charged up to £3 a day for using their car in the capital. Cara Blackhall has the full story. From bus lanes that cannot be used, incomplete tramlines and the chaos of the roads as soon as it hits 4pm, traffic in Edinburgh has never been a straightforward process and City of Edinburgh Council may be a way to add to the situation for drivers. Officials are warning that Edinburgh may have to bring in a congestion charge of up to £3 unless more residents take public transport instead. Transport convener Scott Arthur has said that drivers will have to pay this charge if they demand on using their car within the city. 
Well, Edinburgh is a, is a growing city and it's a congested city. And so we really have to deal with that problem. We'll use a congestion charge to try to encourage them to switch over to using public transport. In terms of how it works, it'll be based on number plate recognition. So you'll, as you come into the city, a, a camera will pick up your vehicle and you'll be, you'll be charged for entering. Rosie Blair is a resident of Edinburgh and believes this decision could cause an uproar within the city due to the uncertainty that public transport brings. Public transport, if it was actually good, like the buses never turn up on time or anything, so that's why people take their cars, because they can't rely on it to be on time. They would need to make the buses more reliable if they were going to do that, because otherwise it's just a nightmare. Similar plans were brought forward around 20 years ago, but this time round, the council is working on improving bus links as a priority over the next three years before they bring in the congestion charges. So I anticipate that quite a lot of the money we spend will be spent in neighbouring local authorities to actually improve those public transport links into Edinburgh. And on top of that, I think the public transport providers have access to funding to improve the, the quality of their actual buses and, and therefore their reliability and the passenger experience. Decisions are still ongoing into how this can be a smooth process for both the city and the drivers. But for now, the brakes are fully on until improvements are made to transport links within the capital. This Sunday is Remembrance Day and preparations in the capital are well underway. Our reporter Ronan Colhoun has been in the town finding out more. They gave their day for our tomorrow to honour the dead and remember the living. Following on from Edinburgh's annual Poppy Day, the city has been preparing ahead of Remembrance Day. Deputy Lord Provost of the City of Edinburgh, Councillor Cameron, is taking part in the service and explains her role. Like many towns and cities up and down the country, Edinburgh will always um, hold its annual Remembrance Service on Remembrance Sunday. And the National Service of Remembrance is always held on the Royal Mile here in Edinburgh. And at that service, the Lord Provost lays a wreath um, on behalf of the city, along with other dignitaries. My role this particular Remembrance Day Sunday coming will be to lay the wreath on behalf of the people of Edinburgh at the Haymarket service. I'm very much looking forward to it. I've done it once before, so uh, I understand what's, in, what's involved and it's always a very popular um, Remembrance Day service. Edinburgh's major transport companies will also pay tribute in their own way, explained by Councillor Cameron. The bus company, the Lothian Buses, they always stop as well at 11 o'clock for, to, for, for Remembrance, for a minute's silence is our black cabs, a number of them run a poppy cab service, um, which means that they will drive veterans to remembrance services around the city free of charge. And I think that's a wonderful thing for our black cabs to be, to be doing, again, as a way of honouring and, and paying respects to those who've laid down their lives and those who are still serving and those who have served. Edinburgh will fall silent along with the rest of the world on Sunday to pay tribute. And now to our global correspondent, Eva Ozola, for all the biggest stories around the world. US President Joe Biden's welcomed results in the midterm elections after his Democrat party did better than expected. The so-called red wave of Republicans taking overwhelming control of Congress has failed to happen. Results are still being counted in four key states, and they will decide which way the Senate will go. Let me say this. Regardless, regardless of what the final tally in these elections show, and there's still some counting going on, I'm prepared to work with my Republican colleagues. The American people have made clear, I think, that they expect Republicans to be prepared to work with me as well. In Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky urges his troops to be cautious following Russian orders to withdraw soldiers from the Ukrainian city of Kherson. 
the Kremlin's top commander ordered to pull out yesterday to protect the life and health of their servicemen. NATO's head says the retreat of forces shows the Kremlin has lost momentum. Here's Shannon, a soldier fighting alongside Ukrainian forces, commenting more. It's going good. Um, we're pushing them back and they're falling back. Unfortunately, they're destroying everything as they go. In Australia, hackers who stole customer data from the country's largest health insurer, Medibank, have now released a file of pregnancy terminations. This follows Medibank's refusal to pay a 10 million US dollar ransom for the data, supported by the Australian government. The ransom is about one dollar for every customer. Minister for Home Affairs, Claire O'Neill, shares her thoughts. I cannot articulate the disgust I have for the scumbags who are at the heart of this criminal act. We are going through a difficult period now that may last for weeks, possibly months, not days and hours. This is Radio Energy. Travel. Baird Road in Ratho is closed at the Canal Bridge due to a gas leak. The Dreghorn Link has reopened after a brief closure this morning. There is temporary traffic management in place on the south side of Lindsay Road in Leith while new street lighting is installed. And Traffic Scotland has asked drivers to take care on the Queensferry crossing due to high winds. The COP27 climate conference is well underway and tensions are rising at home as well as in Egypt. Our reporter Renata Yassin has the latest. COP27 has invited world leaders including Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and First Minister Nicola Sturgeon to work towards climate solutions. Recent protests across the UK have demonstrated what many of the public want in terms of a solution, which has ultimately sparked meaningful conversations on climate change and demanded governmental action. Zainab Alawati, a representative of SCAN, a Scottish Community Climate Action Network, said The Scottish and the UK government need to cooperate on carbon capture and storage and the UK government needs to stop supporting new oil fields. To avoid the worst impacts of global warming, we need to get to net zero emissions ASAP. We cannot do this without government action. And although the Scottish government wants to act, it you know it doesn't really yet have a plan to actually get there. The government needs to be held accountable. You know, we have the MPs and MSPs making all these decisions, but then who influences those decisions? The earth has already been warmed by 1.1 Celsius since the industrial period, and there's a risk of triggering feedback loops. And every tenth of a degree of global warming is dangerous and puts the world at great risk. The Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, told police to take a firmer line against protesters. During a speech on Wednesday, she said to police chiefs, I urge you all to step up to your public duties in policing protests. We spoke to local climate activists who also expressed their thoughts. The facts of climate change are quite overwhelming and it's, it is hard to sort of face them. And There's nobody coming to tell us what to do, so we have to take the initiative ourselves. And I think to the empowering at this or enabling at the same time that we, we can do something, we can practically make a difference if we want to. And We've only been to Europe once, but the, it was embarrassing to find out how cheap it was for a bus how often there was a train and how massive the cycling lanes were. I'd rather go down holding hands and singing than breaking into my neighbour's house to steal his food. With the First Minister in Blackpool today meeting Rishi Sunak, John Swinney was left to face off with Douglas Ross at FMQs. Here is Thomas McCabe with the details. A change of faces at First Minister's questions today as Deputy First Minister John Swinney stepped in for Nicola Sturgeon as she was in Blackpool 
at a meeting with Rishi Sunak. The NHS dominated discussion once again, with Conservative leader Douglas Ross carrying on a warning from nurses. This morning, Hilary Nelson from the Royal College of Nurses had this grave warning when she said, things are not safe for patients. Ross continued to hammer away at Swinney over the NHS, keeping with the topic of nurses. So that's the SNP defence for what they're doing. Let's hear from nurses themselves. Don Marr from the Royal College of Nurses said this last night. We've been in talks for months and months and months, and it has got to the point now where nursing staff are having to stand up, not only for ourselves, but for our patients as well, because this government, this government, is not listening. And it's now beyond doubt that this health secretary has failed. Then the Conservative leader revealed a whistleblower's account. There are reports from a whistleblower this week that as many as 2,000 patients per month are being missed off of any waiting times in just one hospital in Scotland. So if you're going to come to this chamber and quote figures, make sure they are the correct figures. Because, Deputy First Minister, this is the most serious of issues. Lives are on the line because this Health Secretary keeps failing to bring forward any solution. John Swinney retorted by attacking Ross's previous support for the trust tax cuts. Resources are absolutely fundamental. Yeah. That's why it is laughable for Douglas Ross to come here and raise these issues with me when only seven weeks ago he wanted me to cut tax yeah. in the folly taken forward by Liz Trust, yeah. which would have damaged public investment in our health service. The arrival of former UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock in the I'm a Celeb jungle has sparked a wave of social media reaction. Joining us now is Chief Political Correspondent Sean McGill. So Sean, how have people responded to Matt Hancock heading down under? Well, I don't know about yourself, Jessica, but seeing Matt Hancock, such a prominent political figure over the last couple of years, step foot in the jungle was quite a surreal experience last night. And it's plain to see that whether it be his campmates, his political colleagues or large swathes of the general public, that a lot of people are unhappy. One campmate in particular who seemed to take issue was pop star Boy George, who explained that his mother was severely ill during the pandemic. And a lot of our listeners will be in a very similar boat that they'll have lost loved ones, they'll have been separated from family members and they'll hold Matt Hancock and the UK government accountable for those losses. And there is a political parallel in Scotland here as former Scottish Labour leader Kezia Dugdale was on the show in 2017. How many comparisons can be drawn between these situations? Well, the big comparison is that they're both really prominent political figures in their respective bubbles at the time. Kezia Dugdale was leader of the Scottish Labour Party just six weeks before she entered the jungle in November 2017. They've both been disciplined, although it seems as though Matt Hancock's might be a little bit more severe. And they've both gone in with the message, or the supposed message, that they want to make politicians seem more human to the public. The big difference, however, is that while some people may have had their political reservations about Kezia Dugdale, she was never entangled in the type of personal scandal or this huge life-altering event like the pandemic that Matt Hancock has been, and that's why I think the level of scrutiny will differ massively between the pair. Finally, Sean, I know you can't predict the future, but do you think there's any way that Matt Hancock could actually be crowned the king of the jungle? 
Well, Jessica, I've, I think we've all learned with politics over the last couple of years that it's you never can quite predict what's around the corner. And while I say there's been backlash, some people have taken to social media to say they've been shocked with how likeable they've found Matt Hancock so far. But in truth, lots of people are still upset, bereaved and angry with what happened during the pandemic. So without being an expert in reality television by any stretch of the imagination, I think it's far more likely that, I think it's far less unlikely, I would say, that the public anoint him to sit on the throne and instead they have him be the court jester and swiftly send him to the gallows. Sean McGill, Chief Political Correspondent. This is Ian 4 News. Here's what's still to come on today's programme. The John Lewis Christmas advert is out today and a brand new exhibition is premiering at the National Museum. We will also find out about the group of entrepreneurial Scottish women putting on their own Christmas market in Edinburgh. Christmas is officially on its way. John Lewis released its Christmas commercial today and this year Kitsch has been put aside for charity. Aaron Proctor has the details. The competition for 2022's Best Christmas Advert is officially underway as the long-awaited John Lewis Christmas Advert gets released. However, this year the company has partnered with two charities which assist care-experienced people. One of these is Scottish charity Who Cares Scotland. Started in 1978, they provide services like kinship care, residential care and foster care. Here is what CEO of Who Cares Scotland, Louise Hunter, had to say in a statement. We know that Christmas can be a difficult time for lots of people, and that's particularly true for our care experience community who may not have family to spend it with. At Who Cares Scotland, our vision is a lifetime of equality, respect and love for all care experienced people, and we're really excited to have the support of the John Lewis Partnership in making that a reality. The advert entitled The Beginner focuses on a middle-aged man who is learning to skateboard. It isn't until the final scene when we meet Ellie, the young girl he and his wife are adopting. The advert ends saying there are an estimated 100,000 children and young people who will spend Christmas in care this year. This is the first year that John Lewis have ever used their Christmas advert to focus on a specific issue. Will this advert be the one that paves the way for brands looking at a bigger message when it comes to making their Christmas adverts for years to come? Now, the weather on Radio Energy. It's a windy day in Edinburgh today with gales in the far northwest of Scotland. It will be a mostly dry day with bright spells all afternoon. Moving to the evening, it will be a rather cloudy with light rain. Now, the latest sport highlights on Radio Energy. Here's the sports news with our correspondent, Ruri Holden. Celtic narrowly secured their seven-point lead last night at Fir Park with a 2-1 win over Motherwell, despite strolling easily to a 4-0 win away last month. The Hoops struggled slightly last night with manager Ange Postacoglu stating his parkhead side made it hard for themselves securing their win with six minutes left to play. The game was kick-started early on with a delicate tap-in from Kyogo Furuhashi at the 15-minute mark, which sparked Celtic into life. The match slowly became a teeth-grinding slog until Maeda's 84th-minute leader, which was quickly overshadowed by Ross Tierney's goal only moments later. The well, however, were unable to bring the visiting side's first midweek league defeat since 2016. 
They, you know, they worked awfully hard to sort of disrupt our play and um, we just never got into a real rhythm at any stage or sort of controlled the game you know, to the levels we'd like to. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't our best performance by far, but um, yeah, I got the job done. Scotland coach Gregor Townsend is faced with a dilemma on whether to use star fly half Finn Russell as Adam Hastings is reeled out of the rest of the team's autumn series. Townsend's rough relationship with Russell is well documented and has previously created a rift in the team, something which every man in the squad wants to avoid as they prepare to face the All Blacks this Sunday. Now it would appear the Scotland gaffer has no choice but integrate Russell back into the international squad following his exclusion from the team due to what Townsend referred to as his irregular form. Rangers Malik Tillman scored a second half winner, keeping Rangers within touching distance of the top flight as they are now a mere seven points behind league leaders Celtic. The game represented much more than three points at home as it effectively kept manager Giovanni Van Bronckhorst in the job after a string of losses have put his job under threat. The Rangers gaffer maintained the result last night was for the team and not about him. Big points, three points. You know, we had to, um, after the defeat in the weekend, we, ne uh, we needed a win today. And, uh, you know, if in the end you get the three points, you're very pleased. The Scotland squad has been announced ahead of the match against Turkey next week. Graham Sinclair gives us the rundown. Scotland boss Steve Clark is named to the squad for next Wednesday's friendly against Turkey. Calvin Ramsey is the most notable addition, but perhaps more notable is who's not there. That being the entirety of Celtic Scotland contingent, something Clark was not happy about. The baseline is it's not an official inter international window. I don't know why, because there's a World Cup going on. That sounds pretty official to me. And that's where it is. It's, the clubs don't have to release their players, and Celtic have chosen not to re release their players for this game. I have to say I'm disappointed with that decision. Cal McGregor, David Turnbull, Greg Taylor and Anthony Ralston are the names that will miss out as the Hoops take part in a lucrative friendly tournament in manager Ange Postacoglu's home land of Australia. There's not been much said about the friendly with a World Cup in Qatar starting just four days earlier, but Clark is looking for more value from the squad meet-up than just a football result. The value for me is that instead of going from September to March without seeing my players, I get to see my players in November. So it gives us a chance to debrief on, on what we did well in September, what we didn't do so well, let them know that we still love them and we, we still want them to do well. So it's just nice to get together again. For Calvin Ramsey, it's been a great week for the youngster who's endured a tough season so far. A Scotland call-up follows his Champions League debut off the bench and his first Liverpool start in yesterday's penalty shootout win over Derby. He'll be hoping to break his duck for his country next. An exhibit celebrating the life and work of Bernard Klein, the designer who put Scotland on the fashion map, has begun at the National Museum of Scotland. Our reporter, Sofia Villegas, has more. Found a leader of 20th century modernism, Bernard Klein's is a story of a gloomy past which bloomed into a future full of vibrant colour. Experienced curator with extensive knowledge in art history, Grain Rice, explains just how important Klein is for Scotland. The work that he produced is really exceptional and really interesting, beautiful design work, the, the fashion, the textiles, the interior work that he did. but. He also has a really interesting and important personal story as well. Um, I think one of the really things that I loved about him and his story was is finding out that there was this figure who was really dynamic, connected to the international design world, but living in the really beautiful, sleepy part of the Scottish borders. Victim of Nazism, the fashion pioneer was forced to run away to Leeds to continue his studies. Shortly after, in 1952, he moved to Galashiels in the Scottish borders. Here he set up his manufacturing business, Colourcraft, which took Scotland to stardom. 
The border's landscape was a core inspiration to multiple of his patterns. His groundbreaking design, formed by unusual combinations such as velvet ribbon, led the fashion industry for years. Designs that tasted glory after renowned Coco Chanel selected them for her spring-summer collection. However, this was only the start of international recognition, as his patterns later strolled the catwalks of Balenciaga and Yves Saint Laurent. Klein dressed from the extraordinary to the ordinary, as some of his collections also included reddit to wear fashion. When I'm wearing a Bernard Klein garment, I feel like I'm wearing an artwork. Despite being embroidered in Scottish fashion history, Klein is commonly unknown by the public. I think he has been somewhat overlooked for for quite a long time. Some of it is around fashion and and things becoming kind of, you know, outdated and looking old-fashioned. And I think also maybe sometimes the remoteness of where he, he lived and where he stayed, it meant that he wasn't necessarily right in the heart of the sort of Scottish cultural scene. Visitors will have the opportunity to delve into the exhibit of his lifetime at the National Museum of Scotland until April 2023. And finally, female entrepreneurs are holding their inaugural Christmas market in Waverley Mall. Emma Cooper Rayburn has been finding out more. Today marks the launch day of the Egg & Co Christmas market in Edinburgh's Waverley Mall. The Egg community aims to support independent female-owned businesses and is Scotland's largest platform for women. The community was launched by Kylie Reid in 2017 and has involved more than 65,000 women. So Egg is Scotland's largest online and offline community for women. For the last five years we have been predominantly online across Facebook and Instagram. 2022 we launched our first retail space, our first bricks and mortar in George Street. We brought lots of women together to celebrate, to sell their products. We launched lots of amazing businesses and helped support them. The bricks and mortar space features a variety of different businesses created and owned by women. Visitors can find a large range of independent and handcrafted gifts such as vintage clothing, flowers, homeware, books and jewellery. I talked with some of the business owners from Pretty Pickled, Sunny Home Studios and the Boozy Book Club. I'm really excited to be here. All our goods are books that I've read and loved, that have been in a Boozy Book Club book and all of the gifts are things that I have been in a box that we've loved and that people have wanted more. The fact that it's uh, female driven is the most important um, fact. So to be able to, um, to be a part of that community is definitely important. Um, and just to be surrounded by like-minded businesses. The Christmas market is running for six weeks and will include a cracking launch party on November 17th with many more excellent festive events throughout to get you into the Christmas spirit. And now a recap of today's main stories. Nurses across the country prepare to strike for the first time. Edinburgh braces itself for a congestion charge. And John Lewis releases its Christmas advert with a new charitable theme. That's all for now. You can keep up to date with all the latest updates on the EN4 News website. Have a good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Radio Energy. Edinburgh, Napier, Radio Group. Talk. Tunes, tales and talent from Edinburgh to you.